0: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Heads in the Cloud. I'm David Portnowitz. We've got a really special episode for you today. You're going to hear a recording of a webinar that we did a few days ago. The webinar was Then This Happened, a leadership discussion about managing through our new normal. You'll hear John Roth kick it off, and then it features Michelle Liccardi, who is the star-to-star president and CRO, and two incredibly powerful industry influencers, two really, really smart people in the channel, Michelle McBain and Janet Shines. I hope you enjoy it. It's a great discussion about what life has been like in the channel and in our space over the last six months and, and what's coming up in the future. So enjoy this very special episode. Heads in the Cloud with your host, David Portnoy, Graham Potter, and John Ross. Welcome. My name is John Ross. I'm your host for today's webinar. This webinar is called Then This Happened, a leadership discussion about managing through our new normal. It's a leadership discussion about managing through our new normal, moderated by Michelle Ragusa McBain. She's going to be interviewing her, the CEO of JS Group, Janet Shines, and President and Chief Revenue Officer of Stardustar, Michelle Acardi. They're going hey. to be discussing the journey to the top as two powerful women and leaders in technology, overcoming challenges of COVID-19 and being successful in our new normal and opportunities in UCAS amongst the future of remote work and beyond. First off, let me introduce our moderator, Michelle Ragusa-McBain. She is the Vice President of Global Channel Strategy at JS Group. Michelle is a highly visible leader in the global technology channel Michelle sits on the board of CRN Women in the Channel, serves as Chief Emeritus of Advancing Women in Technology for CompTIA and co-founder of Tech World's Path, a nonprofit organization. Janet Shines, CEO of JS Group. Janet is recognized, recognized as a top 10 influencer. She is a channel warrior, helping companies <laughs> navigate the new digital norm normal and grow companies' sales revenues. Jen is also awarded the 2019 Channel Influencer of the Year. And Michelle Accardi, President and Chief Revenue Officer at Star2Star. Star. Michelle has been recognized with several prestigious channel awards, including CRN's Women of the Channel and Power 100, an elite subset of CRN's prestigious annual Women of the Channel list for six years in a row. She's also been named a CRN channel chief an annual list representing sales leaders in the IT channel who hold direct responsibility for driving growth and revenue through the reseller channel for the past consecutive years. And has been my leader for many, many years. So at this point, I'm going to pass it over to Michelle McBain. Michelle, take it away.
1: Hi. Well, thank you so much for the lovely introduction. And it's my honor and privilege to interview these two amazing women and mentors of mine. And I want to give a toast because this is a mimosa brunch. So I'm going to begin with the first question, which is what are you drinking? And a fun fact for those of you who don't know, Janet and Michelle do not drink alcohol. So what is your mocktail? I have a mimosa.
2: Well, in honor of you, Michelle, I made a uh, an exception for today, so I also have a mimosa.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I feel like the non-cool girl because I tried to do a mock wine because I don't have uh, champagne glasses yet because we just moved in here, and it's it's actually vitamin water, so <laughs> you can hardly tell.
1: It's very close. Cute. I mean, and it's titty, so I think that matters. Um. I love it. Well, thank you. And you guys, if you want to answer in the chat window, we want to keep this very interactive throughout. So feel free to ask questions in the chat window. We have a few that we want to get through, and then we'll open it up to the broader audience. But keep that conversation going in your comments, and we'll be taking watch. But first question for everyone, what are you drinking? Second question. Being a leader is challenging, even at the best of times. And 2020 has been no exception. I mean, from pandemics to pandemonium to the alleged murder hornets, which I haven't seen yet, thank goodness. Um, And I'm living in Florida during hurricane season, along with you, Michelle. Janet got out just in the nick of time. So this has made this very challenging and difficult and we strive to find ways that we can overcome these how have you and evolved your leadership style to manage through these challenging times michelle i'd like to start with you
2: sure so i've always believed in an agile management style and by that i mean we put people before process and technology and so for us we made a commitment first to our people that we weren't going to reduce staffing no matter what happened during the pandemic um, thankfully, we haven't needed to, and uh, again, uh, we really made it a point to communicate, and and some people might say even over-communicate internally and externally. So internally, we do daily stand-up calls uh, and video meetings with our team to go over where our focus needs to be, to listen to the challenges the team's facing, because obviously during the pandemic, things were changing day to day in different states. So giving people an opportunity to air any obstacles that their customers were facing um, and then reevaluating and helping to remove those obstacles, whatever those may have been for our teams and telling them, okay, we've reevaluated, this is where you gotta focus tomorrow. Uh, And we did this every day for the first four months Uh, to ensure alignment uh, and to overcome fears. We now do it about twice a week uh, via a video meeting. uh, And that has been, I think, really, really excellent for us. Um, We have had, I I think, our ability to manage change. First of all, we took our entire workforce remote uh, in 48 hours. Wow! Um, uh, And again, we were able to use our own solutions our our conferencing solutions, our video solutions, our chat solutions, uh, our SMS uh, messaging solutions, all of those things we we brought into bear to help us uh, ensure that everyone knew what was happening. We were sure of what was happening in each of their lives so that we could both from a health and uh, safety perspective, make sure that we were taking care of our people. Uh, and also from a business perspective, being able to turn on a dime, put together packages that would really help our customers, whether that was deferment plans uh, for customers that were having problems or even putting together our new bundled offerings that put a lot of value uh, and in work from home solutions for our customers.
1: That's a great answer. And actually, I want to just ask you one follow-up question to that. Prior to covid forty-four uh, percent of people did not allow their company employees to work from home, which is a staggering statistic. That's almost half. What was the culture like prior to Corona for the start-to-start Start team? Was it telecommuting, all working in an office, or remote? Uh, it was
2: a mix. Uh, frankly, you know, obviously, salespeople uh, tend to be working uh, from home and uh, then, you know, coming into the office every once in a while. Um, and but for a lot of our uh, billing and finance teams and such; uh, those were all in the office. Uh, our support teams were a bit of a mix, uh, but now again, we have everyone working from home, with the exception of a couple of people who are in our distribution facility. Uh, but literally, took from you know an office of 250 people uh, in our headquarters, uh, you know, down to maybe two. <laughs> wow!
3: So that that was a that was a big change for you, and I know you know, here at JS group. And in fact, you know, we can, I can share pictures. It's probably hard to see, but uh, this is one of our team members, Ashlyn. Uh, It's a little, little light, uh, but she's here watching and just posted on Snapchat, lunch with the ladies. Um, And so that's kind of fun. Uh, And that's one of the things I think that was so important during the pandemic was that, that sense of team, right? That sense of, we're in this together, we're gonna stay safe together. I know I canceled the JS group team out of events before it was popular to do so, uh, before they were canceled, um, because I needed people to feel safe. Michelle and I've had a lot of conversations about this. So, you know, priorities for people change. We were in a growth economy. Um, Most people were focused on growth and focused on, you know, me, 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 quite frankly, with growth. And the world changed overnight, and I can draw some some you know parallels to how it was after 9/11 in the U.S. People felt insecure, they felt unsafe, they they felt threatened, um, and so the last thing they needed was for their job to make them feel threatened, right? And they needed, I think, to see bosses, and I think Michelle A. You're a great uh, example of this to know that their bosses heard, saw, and did something, um, and continue to do that. And so I think that connectivity with the next kind of level, you know, uh, almost somebody once said, there go my people, I must follow them. I think it was discards, right? You just had to take the cues from your people and listen so much more sometimes than is comfortable for leaders. As sometimes as leaders, we want to craft a course of action, have an answer, right? I just had this conversation yesterday with uh, Dee, Dee Dayton, who's a, just a phenomenal female VC, which is very unusual in our industry to be a venture capitalist you know, investment uh, female. And she was saying that, you know, some of the uncertainty that people are feeling about when does it go back and not having a, like a crisp answer, like on February 15th, it's over, right? There is no real answer and leaders struggle with that. And so I think that, you know, that that ability to kind of balance and, and actually I'll quote Ashlyn here, who just wrote an article on it from our social media team, that Stockdale paradox, right? That it will get better someday, we just don't know when someday is, and keep that positivity and keep focusing on the customer, focusing on the partners. Our purpose for JS Group is to save the channel. We believe the channel is the most important route to market. Everything we do is around making the channel more productive, more successful. That's why we're so excited to work with Star to Star, because they have such a great program and such great products, right? We're all about the channel keeping that maniacal focus while at the same time loving your people through what is one of the most difficult times in you know in in our history at least um i think is a a big balancing act and i think that's a sign of leadership right is being able to balance uncertainty with the need to provide a a steady ground for your people
2: absolutely i I can't agree with you more i mean that was what really if if there was something that was keeping me up at night it was you know how do i give my people some comfort and how do i give my channel comfort right because you know as their customers that you know nobody knew whether you know you're going to get hit with an onslaught of cancellations and challenges because businesses were just being hit so hard Uh, we were really really lucky you know we we sell into the mid-market and enterprise we had Really strong customers, but we we said, look, how can we get ahead of this? How can we help the customers? Can we put in place we put in place deferment plans? We put in place an offer uh, where we could take companies that were on uh, legacy PBXs uh, and didn't have a way to get their workforces remote. We offered them a mobile soft client, a desktop soft client, our video meetings, all for eight ninety nine a user, um, uh, and we offered it for with five months free. Uh, uh, with a one-year commitment. so And then we'd apply any piece of the dollars they spent uh, towards a new contract if and when they were ready to actually move fully off their PBX. Uh, So we saw a number of people take advantage of those. uh, And and I think, again, but it was really rooted in, you know, how do we help customers and potential customers to stay in business? How do we keep this economy going?
3: Yeah, and that's so obvious in your leadership and and even the programs we've been doing, the social selling programs with your channel, it's all about investing and trying to help the channel, you know, get to those customers and be successful, whether it's compensation plans, training, we're going to launch a social selling program for the Star to start channel. It's to me, I think that servant leadership, I know it's an overused term, but it's true, that servant leadership, especially towards the channel, not too many of the vendors I talk to right now um, think that the channel shouldn't make money. At least that's what it feels like, right? It, it feels to the channel like they shouldn't make money, blocked accounts and reduced commissions. And, you know, all these things that you hear that when people are already struggling with the fact that they can't go out and do project work, for example, um, hearing some slowing in network projects at headquarters, of course, because they're not open. Um. These are scary times for the channel, and I, and I really do think, and just both as your friend and as a business colleague, you've really navigated nicely through making sure the channel felt valued through all that.
2: Yeah, thank you. I, I value the channel very much. I, I don't know how else you can scale a business uh, the way that Start a Star has without leveraging a channel um both from from a sales perspective and from a services and support perspective you know nobody wants to just dial a 1-800 number or get some nameless faceless person on a call um i think having partners that are nearby uh to the customer yep. that helps and that can translate problems i mean because it is difficult I, I, look i sell solutions that help with remote working video, right, right and those things are great but it's really about having the intimate knowledge of the customer and nobody does that better than a channel partner
3: and see that that's such a leadership moment right understanding and and focusing on what you're good at versus focusing on everything right you you can't hit you can't hit a target with 100 arrows right so you just have to put one arrow in the quill and hit so I know Michelle probably has more questions for us, and we went off
1: track. So I, just- <laughs> I love the conversation, so I was going to roll with it, but I absolutely agree. And I think that you know what is most important during these challenging times is pausing and reevaluating the opportunities instead of the challenges, and looking at the people, the process, and the technology, and how we can evolve and help them succeed. So excellent answers. Thank you for sharing. So one of the most important topics that often comes up with women in technology or just in this day and age everybody who has combined work and life home integration with remote learning and working from home and many people all jammed up in a house together there's been a lot of complexity at it for many families michelle we love looking at your social posts you have an incredible family ranging in age as I do uh, from preschool to law school. So I know you're in a very similar boat and you definitely do a great job of having that work-life balance. And so I would love for you to, um, you know, basically tell us a little bit about how you're managing things during these trying times and any tips for people. Janet, would you like to start? Sure. Um, So I
3: will just say, you know, bow down to everybody who has kids at their home schooling right now, because, wow, um, you know, it's hard enough to raise kids without having to be their teacher. And I think we all have a healthy respect for how much more teachers should earn now. So we won't have as many discussions about why they get pensions and things because they need them, because they probably have had multiple nervous breakdowns uh, trying to teach our little darlings. Um. (laughs) And so I'm going to answer this question probably interestingly. So I have two children and they're adults. Um, and neither one of my children finished school uh, in a normal way. Uh, my son finished because he had some health complications. He finished uh, actually with homeschooling. And my daughter uh, actually finished high school virtually. And and by the way, for the record, my children are 31 uh, and 28. So they're not little kids. So for the fact that my daughter did high school with virtual is uh, unprecedented. And so, you know, she was a a really smart, interesting kid who traditional education didn't work for. And she now has her PhD. And so, I always tell people that story if you're listening, because right now it probably feels like you're failing your kids at every turn, right? You're not trained to be a teacher. Um, You probably sometimes shut a door and just don't answer when they pound on it because you just can't stand it. Um, And so, I think that as a as a as a former parent, I will tell you that it means nothing, a year of missed education, a year of them doing stuff virtually, uh, none of it means anything. And I think that all of our families are gonna remember that we were together more, not all the challenges. And so, you know, my, I heard something last week and I thought I would just share it here. I actually heard it from Michelle A in one of her posts about work-life choice rather than work-life balance. And so I think balance is impossible now. So you just have to make those choices. Right, you should make those choices about what are you going to prioritize and how are you going to prioritize it. And I, I actually told someone on this call to push back to a teacher last year to say, "I'm not doing that. I'm not doing your work." Um, you know, and the kids are like little. It doesn't matter. Um, like, no. Um, and I think more and more that's going to have to happen. So that that's kind of my long winded answer. I,
2: love I, it. I agree with you. The other thing that I think, Janet, is. I actually think doing school in a virtual way is much more akin and may prepare our kids better for work for working. Because the reality is today, I don't even before this pandemic hit, you know, people are working in different places. Uh, They're not all work. You're going to deal with vendors. You're dealing with uh, customers. Not everybody is under the same roof. So guess what? You better you learn to use the communication tools that are out there. Uh, to communicate effectively. And look, our kids, they're more technologically savvy than we probably ever will be. I mean, I'll tell you, I have two 22-month-old sons that I think can operate my iPhone better than I can. Um, <laughs> so, so <laughs> So if you ever get a text message that looks bizarre, I'll apologize. I want one now.
3: I want one. I want one of those little (laughs) text messages. But you
2: know, I I do think that work-life balance is a fallacy. Uh, I do not think that you can you can you know say I I turn on at eight and I turn off at five. We don't work that way. Our businesses don't work that way, Um, and our partners certainly expect. Uh, responsiveness. But I think there's a lot of ways that we can use the tools that we have to help us um, in that responsiveness and tell people. uh, You know, one of the things, we have a new product coming out called Team Hub, and it has uh, a way that you can have automated answers in chat and such. Um, So what a great way to tell somebody, hey, I'm not going to be available. I'm doing a webinar for the next hour or putting the do not disturb on your phone which by the way, I forgot to do before I got on this call today. So if it rings, <laughs> yeah. but these are, I mean, these are tools that we have to help, um, again, you know, set the boundaries. But the other thing is, so what? Answer the phone, answer the phone, answer the text message and say, hey, I'm in the middle of my kid's Zoom, uh, a video meeting or I'm in the middle of a, uh, a chat, whatever you're in the middle of, you tell them Hey, I'm in the middle of this. I'll be done in an hour. I'll get back to you. People just want to know that they're important to you and that you will take action. To me, uh, responsiveness is next to godliness. Uh, Uh, And so I do believe in taking the call. I do believe in answering uh, the video meeting. So, and being, being genuine enough to share. I mean, you, if, if you, uh right now I'm in my mobile office which is on the side of my house uh in my travel trailer because my kids are in the house and I have construction workers remodeling my bathroom at the moment, at the moment. So um you know I have no problem uh, on a normal day, maybe not on a webinar, a webinar of 100 people, though, <laughs> you know, answering a call or and and you know someone hearing a child in the background. Um And I explain, Hey, I'm working from home right now. I take a few extra minutes in between my, my meetings to spend a a few minutes with my children and no one minds. Uh, People will even say, Oh, can you turn on your video? So I can see them. Yeah. Oh, I want to see the tile you picked for your bathroom. You'd be surprised, but you build more genuine relationships that way. Um, And I am a, I'm a person who is really big on relationship building because, uh, we are bigger than our companies, we are bigger than, uh, and the relationships we make today are things that can benefit us throughout our life, socially, as well as professionally. Uh, so I encourage people, let people in, um, yeah. and, and if you need help, if there's, you know, things consuming your life that, uh, that you know, health or, you know, kids, we all have those issues. Uh, so take down the walls, use the technology you have to share uh, and when you 're sharing uh I think you'll you 'll build even deeper relationships
3: i agree i, I love- have some i have some care issues with uh, an elderly relative, and i 've just had to, a couple of times just say hey i 'm sorry i gotta I gotta mute this because he 's calling the nurse is calling you know I think when you 're honest, and then people say, "Oh my gosh, I have the same situation. what are you fine?" you really find those pathways to deeper uh, relationships. And I think that goes true as well. And Michelle and, uh, and Ashlyn who runs our social media always tell me that also goes tr- true with being authentic online. And sometimes, you know, as leaders, we forget that a vast majority of our audience now is spending most of their time on social media. Yeah. And so having messages there, being unafraid to tell the truth and, lean in and um, I'm not saying you should post, you know, cat memes every day on LinkedIn. That's not what I'm saying, but having an opinion is okay. As long as it's not political, I wouldn't go there right now. Um, but having an opinion, you know, and, and talking about your life or talking about issues like work life choice, Michelle, like you do, it, you know, I think it's important. And I think sometimes as leaders, people put cabinet doors up almost for lack of a better way. And if you open those doors, there's all these interesting things on the shelf. When they they just look like any other cabinet. And so, you know, I really think opening it up and showing a little bit of that mess is okay. Um, right. And, you know, I've seen a lot of um, people's authentic self come out more. And I, I take a lot of coaching um, uh, from Ashlyn and Michelle as well on, on how to be authentic there. And, you know, it's so interesting because we're a, an industry that, you know, we made our connections at events. We made our connections at sales meetings. We need our connections one-on-one with customers. So I am watching this great divide happen between people who are willing to be authentic and open. And uh, Michelle has a, a great post that she did. And like her kids are hanging over her, you know, and she's trying to do a call. Um, and just people seeing it and saying, <laughs> well, all right, you know, and then being able to talk about the technology. I just had this conversation with someone and they were saying, well, it's hard because I have to go here and I have to go there because I have care responsibilities. And I said, well, you know, you should think about start to start. They have a find me, follow me technology. So you don't have to, you know, figure everything out. I think for every work life choice that we make, there's some technology that can help us.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, and look, I, I could not live without my find me, follow me. That is... Uh, you know we're we're driving kids to to cheerleading and volleyball <laughs> practice uh doctors appointments and and you know again, just because I'm president of a company doesn't mean that I have the i have to do these real life things just like everyone else does uh yeah. and I think that it's important again to leverage the tools you have to make the most out of your day um My partners know they can call me ten o'clock eleven o'clock midnight if they need me uh and and, but they also know that if they call me at nine o'clock and I'm taking my kid to get a, a, a you know, a doctor's appointment, I'll call them Is back in a I'm, half an hour, you know? Right, work a <laughs> blend, right, yeah. No matter where I am. So that's, right. that's the love that. of, um of having this technology. Uh, and, and I'm thankful, you know, we've had this for a number of years, right? This isn't something that we just got during the pandemic. Right, so, right. You know, again, I think companies that are going through that digital transformation right now um, don't have to be scared of it because there are many companies that have been doing this. This is, uh, and, and we can help take you on the journey. um, uh, And, and, you know, you don't have to bite off the whole, you know, the whole enchilada, you can take small bites, um, you know, start with your video meetings, start with um, calls, but then you can get even deeper with how you, build communications into your business processes uh, and and automate so there's a lot of opportunity here um and i think all of it helps with managing work-life balance if that's right
3: (laughs) we're going with choice now right Um, you know and i think it's interesting because you bring that up and the other thing i was talking about today with a, a group of women early this morning was um outsourcing so outsourcing part of you as a leader. And it can be as simple as you're using Fiverr and someone's gonna ask me how to spell it. So I'll just spell it F-I-V-E, like the word five, and then two R's Fiverr.com, to edit work for you, to create a graphic for you, to create a PowerPoint for you, to do a million different things, or whether it's using Instacart or you know, or TaskRabbit or something to run personal errands for you or hiring an advocate for you know for a relative.
2: I mean, I, I think right. that we are in an era today where you can find ways to not only self save yourself time, but save yourself money. Yeah. Uh, and, Cause money, t- time is time money. Is money. <laughs> um, and I, I honestly believe that again, you know, with the, the technology that is out there today um, and the, the people that can leverage this, whether it's in a marketing uh, venue, in a technology venue, in a, just administrative venue. There are tons and tons of opportunity for you to find ways to pick up additional hours in your in your day in life uh, to to spend however you like. I mean, if you're if you're a little crazy like me, you love work, and so this is a <laughs> so I don't see a, a little crazy <laughs> between, uh, between work and, and home life for myself. But uh, certainly, if that's something that you need, I I mean, again, I have somebody I I pay someone to 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 mow my lawn and to do my yeah. and do my laundry uh, because those are tasks I don't want to do. No. And someone else has got better skills to do it, and my time can be better used either with my business or my family.
3: So, right, amen, sister. I'll tell you what. It's what my dad used to say, "Never do something you could pay someone less than what you make to do for you." Oh, I uh, love that. That was, <laughs> always, that was always his thing, and you know it's so true. I, I know you know I um, escaped Florida's heat and coronavirus spike uh, at our farm in New Jersey, and we had just gotten it. And so we had no furniture, no anything. And so I was having a conversation with someone who was an event manager in the industry. And if you know anything about going to an event, you know that those people are really talented because you can, you know, that's a lot of moving pieces running a big event. Hired them to move my event to run into the house like i'll be there a week and a half after we close get the carpets cleaned and the this and the that and the furniture moved in and the and and good for him because there's no events right now so those people need work good for me because that's not a skill for me and it would have meant you know a week missed of work which to your point i love to work too and so i think sometimes we feel guilty about making those choices and we feel like we have to do everything and so, you know, we're on the business call thinking about, well, what's the next doctor's appointment and what's this and what's that? You don't have to do everything. It's okay. You know what you have to do? You have to love the people that, that you want to love and do the things that you love, including work. You don't have to do the laundry. Um, yeah, well, leadership is right.
2: delegation too. I mean, it, you know, that's one of the things I think as a woman leader, that is one of the things that is, was hardest for me to learn in my path to leadership was how not to do it all. Um and and you know, I, I know a lot of times there's this it, it's very trendy to say, well, you should be able to say no. You know what? I don't like to say no. I'm not that a no sayer. So instead, instead of saying no, I say yes, but this person is the best person on my team to get that accomplished for me. Or this service is I mean it's it's how we have a relationship with the JS group. There are certain things that we really do well, and there's certain things that you really do well. So right. we I think Great recognition point. of how you get more i mean that's the reason we have a channel right we have a channel because right
3: we you get, get more the,
2: that that the channel can so um you know delegation is a big part of leadership
3: and sure I, I know i know our attendees might have questions right michelle so they're allowed to just chat ask them anything they want because i yeah. got a text question so i you know you tell me when it's okay for me to ask a sure. question
1: Okay, I just want to say I'm so glad this is being recorded because all of this is so invaluable and I just don't want to jump in because there's so many nuggets of wisdom that I'm absorbing along with everyone else in the chat that's commenting. And I just want to say that the, the few things that you said that really resonated with me personally was the fact that this is the perfect storm that has been a long time coming and that yeah. COVID just thrust us into this new normal. And I'm sorry for the buzzword. I know everyone's you know, kind of used to it. We've been talking about digital transformation for a long time, but yeah. it's been here and i love that you guys all have the technologies and tools to help those companies that weren't ready be ready because the time is now and it's important that they have advocacy and champions like our you know our shared companies to help them along that journey and the other thing i just want to share that for me you know we all remember that bbc anchor that when the his child walked in the room and he strong armed the kid out of there and the wife had to come in and save the day and I think that COVID gave us all that authenticity and genuine relationships that we've been longing for because for too long, I feel like everybody has had to put a facade on about right. who they are professionally. And as you said so eloquently, we are all humans. We all have elderly or young children that we are taking care of. We're scared of the virus personally or professionally. There's impacts to us. And if you do not address those big elephants in the room, it's, it's a bit tone deaf and I think that the revealing and caring about your partners and your customers and your team is so critical. And that's what I I genuinely appreciate about both of you so much as leaders. Um, and then finally, the other thing I just wanted to touch upon, because it was in my head, I've been taking mental notes, I assure you, was... Uh, the uh, the fact that the children know technology better than adults and i have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and when we talk about leveraging this technology i think about them and how much they talk to our alexa devices we have one in every room and so when you think about artificial intelligence they can tell alexa to turn on their rainbow light and play them uh the new you know frozen two soundtrack and they can have these conversations and now we're doing virtual you know, education at home, um, which is challenging, and I'm very grateful my mom is here to help us because my husband and I both work full-time jobs, and the requirement is from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day, which is very complex for many families to have to do both. And I, I recently did a survey, and it really did show, just not biased unconsciously, that women do get the lion's share of that burden, unfortunately, yeah. still today. And so, those um, work-life integration is what I call it because it's a mesh, and I work odd hours because I have to during these challenging times, um, but I think it's so important. And now my mom, who worked for the Board of Ed for 24 years, is getting taught how to use the virtual homeschooling from my six-year-old. So, <laughs> you know, we're all in this together.
3: And I you think how think- great they're going to be as workers, though. That's what I go and think about. I think about all these kids are going to be amazing. First of all, I think we're going to see the first generation of kids that skip college because you can kind of do it on your own pace virtually. But I also think they're going to be well trained to be successful with technology I who doesn't that. want to have hires that already know how to use zoom and net Meeting and, and 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 start as as, you know, meetings, start as, and, start to... meetings yeah. and knows how to use you know all of the spreadsheets and how to submit a document how to do dropbox and like think about that that's the perfect employee right and, and so, yeah
2: no it is and and the other thing i want to say i mean obviously when you've got very small children it's a little different but you know i have a high schooler and you know she did uh a lot of her classes, virtually uh, in the last semesters, um, started physical school yesterday. Um, but one of the things I said and my husband said is, you know, we're not going to solve every technology problem for her. She's got to go figure out how to solve problems for herself. Um, you know, that is something that I think oh, is true. also going to better empower this generation is them figuring it out because. You know i had to figure it out in my generation i I, i'll tell you i didn't get my first computer till i was a freshman in college uh uh, you know obviously you know we may have had a a, an apple in a lab somewhere (laughs) uh in school but they were they were largely you know again for for people who were i I was raised middle class uh you know so uh, people who had a lot more disposable income than my family did so when i got to college was the first time i and you know my parents couldn't teach me how to use a computer i had to teach myself yeah, right and, yeah so, frankly um that curiosity and willingness to learn is what also helped me in my career so I, I tell that to my daughter all the time is is you know if i solve every problem for you then right. on that opportunity to learn um right I, i'd rather you tell me that you've tried this 10 things and you're still having an issue and then i'll come work it with you but you have to show I, I, me that you've actually done some of the work
3: first. You tried it, right? Yeah. And you know, the good thing is, and I you know, I just had this conversation, so I'll repeat it here. I think a lot of the students are being trained on inferior platforms. And one of the things about video communications and UC is that, you know, what features um, it has really matters for collaboration. You talked about team chat and, and hubs and, you know, the find me, follow me. So, what I think is great is I also think this generation of kids who struggled through trying to collaborate on an inferior platform, you know, which Zoom is, right? Zoom is just a video thing, right? But now they'll know know what they need, right? So they'll know that that didn't work for them. And I think they're gonna be better buyers and users of more advanced technology like Start a Star and not be so hard to convince for the partners as these millennials and Gen Zs become the decision makers in the businesses they won't be so hard to convince of the power of a uc tool because they'll have seen
2: it well i think think it's just going to be commonplace right you're going to have you're going to have tools and and, you know frankly right now you know there's a place for i mean zoom obviously for large-scale video meetings just like we're using a a a competitive uh product for a a large-scale uh webinar right now our solution isn't a webinar solution. It's a right. it's a meetings it's a meeting solution. So it's okay to have different solutions um, that fit the use case of your business. But there's no Absolutely. reason that you have to pay a premium if you're not going to do a webinar Absolutely. with three hundred people. Then why are you paying, you know, fifteen twenty dollars a user for a solution that isn't meeting your needs? Um, you right. know, me, I'd rather pay twenty dollars a user get my all my UCAS, get employee alerts, SMS, MMS texting, texting, find me, follow me, my voice, Get you know, I, I'd rather pay 20 bucks and get yeah. all of that, that I actually can use today within my you use can. case than um, something that's overpriced that I won't use daily.
3: Well, and I think you're making a great leadership point here. So one of the things I noticed about people going remote as a leader is that people gave their teams permission to work from home. So, hey, we have to shut because our local government says so or because we're concerned about the safety, whatever. So I'm going to give you permission to work from home. And with permission comes inferior tools because they weren't thinking about enablement. And I would challenge every leader, everybody who's working, right, to think about whether are you being truly enabled right now. And this is a leadership test to go back and say, look, we did the best we possibly could in those five minutes where we had to get everybody home in two days. but now. Gartner is saying that close to 60% of the people will stay working remote for a very long time and many never going back, um, at least not full-time to an office. And so this concept of, you know, we're permitting people to work from home needs to go in the rearview mirror and we need to have conversations with our clients. Um, if you're a channel partner or our customers about what are you enabling? How are you using a more intelligent set of technology tools like Start at Star There's also some AI applications that are out there, some mobility applications. How are you using those applications to enable? And I think that conversation could blow the doors wide open on sales for the channel. Just that simple. I know you permitted it. Now, how do we enable it? And you you start really talking about that, the things back back. that come up are just amazing from an opportunity standpoint, both internally in your own company or if you're a seller listening to this in your sales conversations.
1: You know, you I would to segue uh, that for you still, because I think there's an important question that comes along with that. And, the, and I'm sorry to interrupt. The, the concept there is there's a lot of companies that are experiencing these cobbled together solutions as you mentioned, Janet, and they're also experiencing budgetary cuts. So what would you say from your perspective is the way that they can still enable those right technologies while balancing the ability for them to have budgetary restrictions in those purchases?
2: Well, for me, I, I, so I, I'm going to give a, a real life example. So um, I had a customer, uh, Anderson Center for Autism, and I'm, I'm sure that they would be willing for me to mention them. But um, we were out uh, bidding that opportunity. Uh, I flew to upstate New York. This pre-pandemic. Um, uh, they were to get a really big grant that was going to help to give them digital transformation, and they help. Um, their 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 main focus is helping people with autism, um, both in a in a learning uh, facility as well as in a residential facilities. So life safety is important. Like they they needed technology that enabled them to be mobile that had uh, security and uh, E911 functionality to be prevalent. Um, so I, I get off the plane, I go to the office and I sit down with the IT director. Uh, and he says, you know, Michelle, thanks for coming, but I want you to know we didn't get our grant. Um, uh, so, you know, we were sorry, you know, that we made you come all this way, but we just got noticed this morning. Uh, and so I looked at him and I said, well, do you still need the technology? Uh, you still have these problems, right? And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, what if we we?" And I had the partner. Um, uh, uh, his name's Tom Sarabona. I had the partner with me, and the partner and, and I looked at each other. You have you still have these problems, right? Well, what if we can solve them within a budget that you have left, um, and in what you're paying for your technology today? And so we sat there and we scoped what they really needed. How could we do things in a phased approach? Uh, and now we're helping them through the pandemic. Um, one of the big problems they have is employees who, you know, may call off sick, and they don't know that, you know, house number ten doesn't have coverage. So we built them uh, using our integration design studio the ability to have um, the staff basically SMS text message in and say, "Hey, we're we're you know, I'm not going to work today," or that they're that they're um, essentially uh, need coverage. And it goes out to all the employees that have that skill set and they can respond and ensure that they have coverage now that's oh. that's integration thinking of communication yeah. and that's where the partner makes such a difference right because that partner was able to bring uh, start to star in was able to understand the business process and uh, problems that that customer was having and we were be able, able to offer a full solution to that um, and I think we're gonna we're gonna wind up doing a call with uh, with with greg here in the future so well, uh
3: nice. that's uh, really but nice
2: I, but i think honestly that's one of the best examples of you know
3: Great we're example. gonna
2: you know first of all we'll, we'll work with our customers but outside of that we just philosophically believe in bundling all of our technologies into packages that are really value priced uh so again i mean you can start out you know, under under 19.99 uh, per user, and get your SMS, get your video, get your um, your chat and collaboration tools and alerting technologies like that employee alerting. All of that in one in for one price. Uh, and then if you need more complex analytics, um, uh, we have our customer insights uh, bundle that has all of that plus uh, you know and again at a price, at a starting price point that some of the competitors are their starting bundles uh, you know, we're we 're really competitively priced from that perspective yeah,
3: awesome. and I think you know it 's interesting i 'm going to step on top of that, so i 'm going to tell a different story, so you know so many m s p s and VARs right now, so managed service providers and VARs are looking to expand their portfolio right, and many of them in the past have done a lot of project work, and so you know many of them though went to sign up with a master agent to sell some kind of, um, you know, recurrent revenue subscription service as their customers said, hey, I need something. Um, And they really struggled because, quite frankly, the masters, many of the masters in the industry take a pretty long time to sign up a new partner between contracts and this and that. Nobody wants to hear that. And so I was having this conversation with uh, Michelle. I know one of your favorites, Micah, at, uh, at iTelecom. And he figured out a way, right, low, low budget within his frame, to pop up a way to get people to be able to sign up to sell Star to Star as a channel partner like this, right? I think it's, you know, down to a half an hour or something. And this to me is the kind of innovation the channel needed, right? We don't have the time anymore that when a, when a customer says, hey, I need this, or my state just said, once again, I can't open right? So I have to reinvest, I have to do more, I have to use technology. We don't have time for MSPs and bars and channel partners to have to take two weeks to join a program. So I think, you know, what Mike and the iTelecom team has done is just fascinating. And to me, another example of leadership in the channel, where they leaned in and they said, hey, you can sell this today. Don't worry about all the complications and start star making it easy for them to do that on behalf of the channel. And I really think that's a leadership lesson, right? That well, these just- are
2: the kinds of partners that we partner with, right? right? So we're, we, and I am always one that if a partner comes to me with an idea, uh, around how we can do something better, uh, how we can help them make more money, we're we're all ears. We we, yeah, you know, we love to be flexible and nimble. Uh, And we want partners who have the same mindset. And Micah is a great, great example of that. iTelecom's a great partner of Star to Star. Yeah, I think that too. And I
3: think that's a leadership lesson, right? Because we're talking about this, you know, then this happened, right? So (laughs) the the people that then this happened and they said, oh, right, I don't know. um, And I see these folks, I see these single practice or, or two practice MSPs posting in all these MSP groups about how I'm done. I'm out. I'm finished. I'm out of business. I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to join another person or, you know, what can I do? And it breaks my heart because there's still so much demand for solutions in this category. And so I think part of leadership is sometimes falling out of love with our existing business model and in love with a new business model. Now we were very blessed at uh, JS group. Uh, we were talking about the digital normal. You see it behind me um, last year. Uh, because of our very strong team who said this is where the world 's going, right, so we were well positioned when the pandemic came but I can tell you how many people i 've talked to that are still sticking with their old business model or sticking with old technology or saying i can 't afford new technology and then you know whether I mean, it 's not to
2: have new technology I can but- you know, afford not to and oh
3: by the way, you are unlike you know you are i don 't care Where you are, I bet you I can find you a savings in your technology, whether it's you're overpaying for cloud, which so many people are, Um, you're overpaying for your unified communication because you have a prem-based, old-fashioned, you know, cobbled together where you have to be the phone manager system. I can find you a way to save enough money to get the technology that enables you. And I think that's the conversation that really progressive leaders are having with their teams where others are saying, how do we just hang on long enough for this to be over and so my total leadership comment as I know we're getting close to the end here is the genie's not going back in the bottle you can't hang on
1: long enough for it to go back the way it was it's not going back
2: yeah so it's in not- leaders-
1: we have some questions in the chat window and with 10 oh. minutes left I would love to get some of those answered if you guys don't mind so let's uh turn to our first question from Lourdes who said how have the vendors maintained the channels trained and educated on their solutions throughout the pandemic and how have they assessed the channel proficiency to deploy configure and troubleshoot complex technical solutions first of all lords is a great trainer so i hope she's
3: got some answers for us maybe she'll reach out to michelle or i uh, i'm seeing that people are moving away from the webinar, um, like st- static webinar, slide after slide after slide into more conversations, more hands on demos, more, you know, how do you sell this more use cases? Michelle, what are you seeing?
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly that um, we also have a, 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 a LMS, uh, learning management system that is very interactive um, mm. and enables us to do a level of training and proficiency testing um, the other thing that we do is look, there's nothing like real life scenarios and we handhold our partners through their first few deals. Um, so uh, today that may mean if, if we can't have a person travel given uh, COVID or what have you, that means that we will put a person on a, on a phone line and a video meeting with them as they're doing their install. And again, we have a mobile app Um, that they can leverage, they can use their video meetings right off their, uh, to be able to see right what they're doing (laughs) at that very moment and to help them as they're going through the process. So uh, we certainly do video meetings, the webinars, the LMS being a core piece of it, but nothing like really hand-holding someone through something. Um, And oftentimes that's in person now that some of the uh, some of the regulations have been uh you know uh, let up, um, but where we can't do it in person we're they're scheduled on the phone and by the way we we did this again pre pandemic we We have always had a test and turn up team that's uh, able to be scheduled, and that's not just for new partners that's for all partners uh at any time.
1: Awesome. Cool. We have another question from Lonnie. And I actually, I really like this question. How do you separate home from work time when you're always on, since you work from home anyways? For example, I don't want to waste vacation time when I can't go anywhere, but I really need some type of break. (laughs) I use my calendar. I schedule my personal
3: time as carefully as I schedule my professional time. And I don't think I should be embarrassed about the fact that I'd like a day off. Even if I just stay home in my fuzzy slippers.
2: Absolutely. And I am, I encourage my employees, uh, you know, I myself took a couple days uh, a few weeks ago and I'm planning a, a vacation down to the Keys uh, soon. Uh, and look, we all need that down. But you know what? What will happen, I, again, because I love work and I can't turn off just because that's just me, uh, you, you know, I'll take calls. My find me, follow me will still follow me in the Keys, I'm sure. Um, so it's really up to you. You have to decide what, again, it's choice, uh, not balance. And and for me, how do I know? Uh, it's based on the look on my husband's face that says, uh, okay, now, Michelle, you better uh, turn mm-hmm.
1: off." <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. How odd. Okay, great. We have another question from Bridget. Do you think this is a good time for career advancement, i.e. shine in the face of adversity, or is it smarter to hunker down and not actively seek promotion because of market uncertainty, business tightening, cash flows, etc.?
3: In our industry, Michelle, I think you lean in now, right? Be bold now. Our industry is growing.
2: Every an- but every industry. I mean, look, if you have aspirations to do something bigger in your field, uh, don't ever shy away. I, I think um, you know you ask for what more you can do and uh, you know take initiative. Um Right now, companies are are hurting for staffing because you know let's face it, a lot of companies aren't hiring right now, right. Um, and um, because of that, they would love to see employees who want to step up and take on more. Um, yeah. And if you do that now, when budgets and such free up, I think you put yourself in a really good position to be. Uh, recognized for that and, and potentially get the promotions that you're looking for.
3: I agree. And of course, you're not asking just for asking sake, because I know Bridget, she's pretty talented. So when you're asking to get ahead, I think it always reflects well. And I also believe many companies are looking to upgrade their talent. So updating your LinkedIn profile, uh, making sure that you're appearing the right way there. That's another good tip
1: as a way to silently search, right, without uh, putting yourself at risk. Great question. Patty also has a very interesting question, and you mentioned this as well, Michelle. As states begin to lift back open in certain places, what is the best way to bring employees back to the workplace, or what does this new normal look like? As you mentioned, Janet, the genie's out of the lamp. What next?
2: Well, for star to star, we're, we're taking a very cautious approach because yeah. because we value our 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 uh, personnel's health. Um. Uh. So. For us, you know, again, could we come back before the end of the year in terms of in office, possibly, but not likely. Uh, right. Likely, we'll come back in uh, in 2021. I I know for myself, I'll feel more, I'll feel most comfortable when there are either good treatments that we know absolutely work, or that there is a vaccine. Uh, and so I think, I, I for me, those are the things that I feel like would make me feel safe for my employees to, um, but. Again, I think it's it's very personal uh, and, you know, I, I don't want to dictate to other businesses how they should, uh, because in different industries uh, have different, different, needs. Yeah, some, different needs, and some companies do, I mean, there is no way to operate a meat processing plant without employees, right? Without right? People.
3: <laughs> right, but there's technology yeah. that can help you to manage it safely, right? right. So that's, that's my big channel message for everybody is... There's temperature checking that's automatic that, you know, cues people, whether they can enter or not enter. There's, there's so many great solutions that are out there to help that, what is now called the fidgetal world. So half physical, (laughs) half Yeah, And I think that's the key. And and Michelle, you alluded to that. I think every company is going to have a different timeline. And a lot of it is driven by your customers, your people, and the work that you do. Absolutely. But
2: you so, gotta, uh, you got to have to
1: use the technology that. that yeah, happens. use the technology. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to throw in one of my questions quickly, sneaking it in. Um, I've done a lot of chats and keynotes on women and diversity, and one of the fun facts that I have is there are more CEOs named John than there are women CEOs in technology. And I'm talking to two incredible, inspirational women leaders, Janet Shines, you're a CEO of JS Group, and you've been a channel chief for many Fortune 500 companies. Michelle Cardi, you are president and CRO of Star to Star. My question is for everyone on the phone listening that is mentoring and looking up to women like you and trying to reach the top. What advice or would you give your 20-year-old self, looking back in time to everything that you've faced thus far? I'll start with you, Janet.
3: I know we only have three minutes, so I'll take one and then Michelle can close on it. So here's my advice. Being authentic is good. Being who you are matters. And the more you try to hide it, the more you try to tamp it down, the more you try to become one of whoever it is you're trying to become one of, the less successful you'll be. And at 20, I hid that a bit. So I would just say, be authentic. The second thing is have a written plan. It's your career. You should plan to be successful, not just kind of accidentally do it. And then finally, be flexible. Careers are not a straight line up. You sometimes have to swag back and forth on almost a lattice versus a ladder to be successful. So look at the experience you're getting versus the title. Um, Be authentic and have a plan and I I think it'll really help so Michelle with two minutes left You get that rest of the two minutes to answer.
2: Oh, well, uh, first of all, I agree with everything you said, but you know, I think uh, For a lot of young people, it's you know, man or woman I I think, you know, there's always fear when you need when you go to to make a change and want to move up Um, I like to say feel the fear and do it anyways Um, So I, I think that's the thing is you've got to, again, be authentic to yourself. Don't try to be somebody you're not um, and realize that you have value. Um, And even if the company that you're with right now doesn't see the same, doesn't see that value, take the opportunity and try someplace else. I mean, uh, or try different departments. I can tell you, you know, I made a career at, before start a star at CA Technologies. I was there 17 and a half years. And I promise you, I didn't do anything the same that I was doing. If I was in a job longer than eighteen months at at CA, and State some were moves, and some were, uh, you know, uh, ways that made me progress in my career. Uh, and after seventeen years, it was certainly scary to go take a jump to become at the time chief marketing officer of Star to Star. Um, you know, I, I I had a very nice salary at at CA, uh, but I moved over, and you know now it's. Nearly eight years, seven and a half years later. And, uh, you know, I made the move into revenue and uh, I've loved every minute of it. But everything takes risk. So feel the fear, do it anyways.
1: I love that. Well, thank you so much. It was an honor and privilege to hear your wisdom today. And I thank you for your time. And we will have some prizes for the most engaged participants. Do we know how many prizes was it? one or more? Because I'm judging by looking at the chat. So if you want to let me know. (laughs) This is is Amy jumping in. We have three prizes available today. Wow, that's incredible. And could you share what they are for our audience today? Yes, absolutely. So since this is kind of our lunch brunch theme, um, the winners will have the choice of either a mimosa gift pack or a bloody mary gift pack that we will get sent over to
3: them. Oh, so Michelle, are you saying who they are? Because I know people are having to get off
1: because it's one o'clock. I will. So the winners are Patty Grimm, Lonnie Cripp, and Yay. Bridget Kubka. Great right, and thank you all for your time. We hope you've got a lot of value and if you have any interest or questions following up, please connect on social and we'd love to answer them. Thanks so thank much. You. Enjoy your Thanks day. For